there's a, an inconsequential little flower which is found growing in the foothills of the Himalayas uh, in India and Nepal uh, and all the way at times to the border of China. Somewhere back in the mists of time, probably before recorded history, somebody, one wonders who, uh, discovered that if you uh, steam distill the root of this flower, then it produces a product with the most wonderful fragrance and also has certain medicinal properties. The name of the, the flower is Nardostakis jatamansi. Bit of a mouthful, but it's nicely slimmed down in the Bible to nard, which I think most of us can probably handle. And nard found its way from the Himalayas across Central Asia along the old Silk Road. And it found its way there uh, on can, camel caravans and, and caravans of, of mules and so forth. And when it reached the Roman Empire, it not only was expensive to get it there, but it was expensive to buy. It became a treasure. It was one of the treasures of the East and was immensely costly. I, when I was doing my preparation, got carried away this week, I confess, because I have always wondered, what does nard spell, smell like? So I began to poke around. And when you're looking for something which might be helpful, the first place that we all go to is Amazon. And so I went to Amazon, and I discovered that I could buy some nard. Uh, I didn't want pure nard. That's about $300 an ounce. But I did get some oil which had been uh, intincted with nard. And uh, it's a fascinating smell. And uh, you can imagine it filling the house uh, when Mary uh, poured it on Jesus' feet. If you're curious about that, in the font at the back, there is a bowl which I've put some nard into. And if you want to discover what that smells like, just go up there and dip your finger in the bowl and rub it on the back of your hand. And you've got the, the smell of nard there, which is, is extraordinary. It's a, I think it's a, it's a very subtle smell and one that uh, I uh, appreciate, I think, more and more the more I smell it. Uh, if you don't want oily stuff all over you, there are some tissues there as well, so you can wipe it off. Now, it was dinner time at the home of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. The Passover was approaching. Now, this was an influential family. They were clearly educated. They were clearly uh, fairly affluent. And they were amongst the earliest followers of Jesus. And Jesus had raised uh, Lazarus, the, 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 the brother, uh, from the dead just weeks before this. And yet Mary was particularly attentive 
to the teaching of Jesus. We discover a pattern of that in the Gospels. And she had been listening to what Jesus had been saying, particularly how his uh, words have been changing in flavor and being nuanced in a different way for a, a number of weeks and months now. And she was aware of this denouement of Jesus which was approaching without possibly being thoroughly sure as to what it was and what it was about. Yes, Jesus was her Messiah. She'd accepted that quite clearly. And she believed that He would take His throne and He would reign. But what did that mean? Judas Iscariot had picked up on this changing uh, flavor in the teaching of Jesus. And he came to the conclusion that because of it, Jesus was starting to drag his feet. And Judas wanted to uh, force his hand just a little bit. And we see the response of Judas to this changing flavor of teaching in this passage which we've looked at this morning. Judas went one way, Mary went another way. She was perhaps at a loss to know what she should or could do about this, given uh, the lack of influence and uh, uh, presence in public life of women at that particular time, Obviously, this was a significant concern to her. The following day, the crowds would hail Jesus as king. They would throw palm branches and their garments in front of the animal on which he was riding. And a few days after that, he would truly be enthroned, but not on a throne with a crown, but on a cross with a crown of thorns. The Son of Man, giving His life as a ransom for many, as He had been teaching His disciples for some weeks now. The men at the table were surprised when Mary appeared. The men were reclining around the table, uh, the women didn't eat with the men, but some of them would have been probably hanging around the wall uh, at the back of the room and helping to serve the meal. But what Mary had done is to go to her room, and she's taken that thing which is most precious to her, which is this alabaster jar with a pound of nard in it. Well, when you think that nard now is $300 an ounce, this was a pretty substantial uh, treasure which she had. She probably used it uh, as a perfume. Uh, the pattern in those days was a woman wore a necklace around her neck and there was a little gauze bag which then uh, hung down onto her chest and a little bit of nard was put in there and as her body heat uh, evaporated that nard, then the smell would be carried around with her all day, and beautiful it was. But it's possible that she had it and was keeping it to this point for her eventual marriage. 
We don't know. But she decided that she had to do something in terms of preparing Jesus for what lay ahead, whatever that was. And so she couldn't get anywhere near, the, near his head to anoint him there, but she had access to his feet, so she went and crouched and knelt at his feet and opened this jar of alabaster jar and gently poured this sort of trickly ointment out over his feet. And the smell began to fill the room. And there were various responses to it. Judas's one was of disgust. He said, this was expensive stuff. It's been wasted. It could have been sold, and then the money could have been given to the poor. Not that he was necessarily that concerned about the poor. As the treasurer, he had access to that money if he wanted it. His self-righteous fears at this point could well have been that which sort of nudged him over the edge towards the betrayal of Jesus, which we all know about so well. Perhaps Mary also perceiving the dark undertow that there was in Christ's teaching was responding in a different way. I've got to honor what is going to happen to him, she thinks. Perhaps she and Jesus were on the same wavelength, much more than Judas was on the same length of, as, uh, uh, wavelength as, as Jesus. And, and Jesus turned to Judas and said, leave her alone. Stop harassing her. She intended to keep it for my burial. See the way that Jesus' mind is working. And maybe that is touching the mind of Mary as well, as she becomes more aware of what was going on. Jesus, uh, Mary's decision was not, a, not an easy one. Uh, she was literally taking that which was most valuable in her life and laying it out before Jesus. She was, in effect, using this oil as a symbol of her devotion to Christ, her obedience to Him, and her willingness to sacrifice for Him in the way that He had sacrificed His life or would sacrifice His life for her. Maybe she could feel the darkness gathering. Maybe, maybe she could sense the shadow of the cross, and she is likely to have been there when Jesus was crucified. Very well likely to have been there when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus carried Christ's body to the tomb and laid it in the tomb. It's a great story. It's a wonderful illustration of the devotion to Christ of a really uh, interesting woman. But how do we interpret this? How do we apply this story to our lives? I just began to jot down a number of illustrations 
Uh, all our lives are different, and we give them to Christ in different ways because we are different people. But there are examples which are helpful to us. Of a young, affluent man who wants to be Christ's disciple, but he walked away because Jesus told him what the price was that he would have to pay. But imagine what it had been like if he'd have laid aside his wealth and his affluence and followed Christ. Uh, a few months ago, it was in COVID time more than anywhere else, and I think it was somewhere in the Chicago area. There was a piece on the evening news, one of those little, little bits at the end, a good news story, uh, about uh, uh, an elderly woman who had... Uh, laid aside uh, her desire for retirement and travel and a time of ease and had cleared everything out of her double garage and then filled her garage with food and then opened the doors of her garage so that those who were starving and had no money could come and get a meal for the family or uh, meal for the week for the family at her garage. Now that was laying aside something precious for Jesus Christ. Each of us too is a privileged person. We have privileges from birth uh, through to the point we are in life now. And we probably are misguided if we think we don't have privileges. What Christ calls upon us is to use those privileges which we have in His service, in the fellowship of His church, and for the advance of His kingdom, the kingdom of the one who was crowned by thorn and hung on a cross and rose from the dead. He said, the poor you have with you always. Yeah, we do. We see them on a television. In August and September, we were watching them scrambling to try and get to the airport in Kabul to escape from the Taliban. More recently, we've seen them scrambling to try and get out of Ukraine with their children while the men stayed behind and fought against the invader, and the invader turned their cities to rubble. The poor you have with you always, and we see it around us. There are people in Nashville who, because of the rising cost of land and housing, are finding it difficult to put a roof over their heads. And then we live in a planet which we have overconsumed from, ravaged. What are we going to leave to our children and the poor who come after us by our thoughtless consumption rather than our generous giving of that which is most precious to us? So the question which I'm going to leave with you is, what is your precious oil? What is your nard? Are you prepared 
to lay it at Jesus' feet as Mary did? Or are you going to keep it to yourself? That's the question which Mary asks of us as we look at this extraordinary woman whose story is told here in Scripture. Amen.